feel like I have to sign myself up. N- neither of us are in a fit state for this. <laughs> <clears throat> you have to psych yourself up for a, a day in which we plan on doing it and then have to wait about three days, days. before we actually do it. Come on, Tom, we should have started stronger <laughs> than this. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so. How are you, Tom? Baphomet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, are you not enjoy my additions to our podcasting table? It's quite heavy. Regina was like, you're going to have to explain that to people when they come round. Yeah. But I quite like it. Did Do you, you not like it? Did you have to justify the purchase yourself? Well, I did it on the sly because I got a new credit card with uh, 21% interest <laughs> so free. First thing so that was my first, yeah. Was Why to, not? To purchase was a, a statue I of have to, Yeah, I have to uphold the integrity of this podcast. The, the children are a nice little... Uh, they are good, aren't they? Edition. And look, and there's a white one and a black one. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the leaves on the table is that that is isn't actually open? no. I wasn't actually doing that to dress up. That was just the fact that I have a bunch of dead flowers over there and couldn't be asked to clean it up. But it's nice, isn't it? It's a nice little addition. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this is nice coffee. Yeah. Where'd you get this from? Well. Some might think that we'd be uh, straying from the path on our last podcast, but I'm happy to say that we have returned to Dark Arts Coffee. Yeah. The delicious Dark Arts Coffee. It's, it's very nice. What is this one? This one's just Lost Highway. Oh. It's like, um, yeah. It's the espresso, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice though, isn't it? Mm. So how are you feeling, Tom? You came in looking a bit shaken this morning. <laughs> I can still taste whiskey in my mouth. It's like <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> I, was, I was on the whiskey myself last night. So, yeah. I only have one. Oh yeah, it's worth mentioning pint. that I since only had one pint. it's worth mentioning that since our last podcast, my spirit has been broken down, and I'm now drinking again. Yeah, I lost the edge. If He's anyone, back. if anyone can find my edge and wants to return it, I need it because I'm slowly dying. Don't worry about it. From a friend, I can definitely mm. inform you that you are a funnier. better person. You're funnier. <laughs> you laugh more. You yeah. smile more. Um, <laughs> you're more engaged in everything that you do. Yeah. Um, you're more creative. Razor focused. Yeah. Uh, my pal's back. <laughs> so it's been a it's while. Good. How long How long were you off the wagon for? Uh, two, on the wagon? <laughs> two years. Two years and like three months or something. Really? Yeah. <coughs> it's a lot. I am feeling slightly under the weather. Um, as I was telling you when you came in this yeah. morning, I did get sent home from work <laughs> the other day because it might have been a perfect cocktail, no pun intended, of alcohol and just pure exhaustion. But they ended up having to like put me in the back of a taxi and send me all the way around London to get back from Chiswick Park to uh, Leighton. It's and character building. It is. You'll get used to it again. It is. I felt really pathetic in the back there. I was listening to Johnny Cover's cash of her. <laughs> Johnny Cash's cover of her on the way back. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> uh, Uber will uh, inevitably end up being some kind of agony aunt. Yeah. For you. <laughs> I'm glad. Like, I'm so glad though. The guy didn't say one word to me throughout because even in a fit state, I'm not willing. It's like hairdressers as well. Yeah. Like you don't have that problem, but if. I ever have to get in a really awkward position where I just have to talk to a hairdresser. It does my fucking head in. Was your stomach eating itself and you were just looking at him and going, going anywhere nice on holiday? (laughs) (laughs) I was was on the precipice of vomiting in the back of the, uh, in the back of the taxi. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Fucking hell. I'm not feeling much better now, but we're here. That is alcohol. 
because this is this is something that we're committed to. I made a bit. I made Not, a bit of a uh, social faux pas actually last night, and it had nothing okay. to do with me. Okay. Um. So I was talking to a teacher, and she had some kids in detention, <laughs> and one of the kids apparently commented on her shoes, and she was like, "They were like, um, Miss, what are you wearing on your feet? Like, what are those?" And uh, she was like, apparently... Are, no, we, are we allowed to do accents on this podcast? You're that's just a London accent. Very close to being Jim that's Davidson just a London right accent. now. <laughs> no, that's just a London accent. Um, and she, her retort was something like, I'll oh, shut up, or something like that, or like... Oh, shut up? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, and I said, oh, you should have just said, well, I made a, an intentional unfunny funny by going, you should have just said something like, well, at least mine are flame retardant. <laughs> uh, and there was like this sudden, like awkward silence. And the person next to me, who had just met me, said, Tom, you're not allowed to say those things. And I was like, well, what am I not allowed to say? And she was like, you're not allowed to say that word. What, retardant? <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> I couldn't take not, it. I couldn't fucking take it. But that's not your problem. That's someone else's problem. They I don't know. understand. But they made me feel like the lesser being. They don't understand the homonyms. Of, yeah, exactly. I, I, um, for the rest of the evening, I was just like glancing at Jen saying. If you'd had have said homonym. We have to get the fuck out of here because I am not drunk enough if, for this. If you'd had have said homonym as well, then they probably would have come after yeah. you as well. I'm not allowed to say so, yeah. that word. <laughs> okay. So we get introduce. Yeah. Introduce so welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to the X and Ferris podcast, a podcast all about heavy metal. My name is Matthew, and with me, as always, is my co-host Tom Watson. And downstairs is some background music. I don't know why. It must have heard. They must have been hearing the bands through the floor, and we yeah. just like enough of that. As soon as, as, literally, as soon as we start, they start. Yeah. We need an. We need an office. I think I'm gonna turn. Oh. It's getting way too hot in here. I think I'm going to have to turn the heating off a little bit. Please I'm... do. It's it's toasty as hell. It's always toasty in here. It's nice though, but we're in the uh, we're in the winter months. So... <sighs> this isn't all that I wanted. Me on my own, with my voice. No so, interruption. Always oh, back. <sighs> so this is our special. For fuck's sake. Special Halloween episode. Uh, do you have any it's... All Hallows Eve rituals? Uh, normally it's. My listen to everyone listen to the Misfits week, which I didn't do this year. Instead, I was only feeling like half spooky because I was incredibly ill that evening. Why did you make it sound sexy? Half spooky, <laughs> half cut and half spooky. Uh, so the so the most spookiness that I could muster was listening to Tiger Army instead. She's fucking fine. That's terrible. Why? There's nothing wrong with Tiger no, Army. No, I know, but like... For the longest time, I fucking hated Tiger Army until I realised that I adore them. <laughs> it's like you and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, it all happened all at once. Mine is uh, turn off all the lights, uh, strip down to my kegs, send a picture to my family just with the message underneath saying, help me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. How favorite. did they react this year? They just went, this is Tom. I haven't heard for them from year, for years, so. Um, I think Dad's called Anthony. <laughs> I did, um, I do have one thing. I don't know whether it's worth bringing up on this podcast, but I do have one ritual, which is always talking about that I lost my virginity on uh, 
Halloween. Did he? I did. Yeah, in Felixstowe. This, this year? No. Yeah. In Felixstowe, <laughs> of all places. Um, and the only thing that I remember of that night is... Uh, is Were you I, outside? I don't remember. No. Uh, the only thing that I remember, I should remember more things about this night, is two things. A, someone tried to block my entrance to said party. Uh, because so you I was fucked her. Yeah. So because I wasn't dressed up, so I forced my way inside. Not like that. So I'm, I forced, I'm here to have sex, sir. Yeah. So I forced my way inside the house. Went to the uh, went to the kitchen. Got a piece of bread. Stuck it in the toaster. Found a uh, stapler, and then just stapled a piece of toast to my shirt. And what? when someone asked me what I came as, I said oh, I was Matthew on toast. And that was my dress. Oh. And then later on in the evening, I lost the toast. And I said, oh, I was Matthew on toast, but without the toast. This, this is why I hate dressing up. And the only other thing that I remember is whilst I was in the throes of horrendous, awful. Sexual. Yeah, just it wasn't good. It wasn't fun. It's, it's exactly <laughs> how you could imagine it, looking at me going, oh, God. Really? Yeah. How old were you? Come on. I was 16. 16. Um, Three years too late, my friend. Yeah, I was 16. And uh, the only only other thing I remember is my friend downstairs who uh, (laughs) broke the uh, tap in the kitchen and then proceeded to say, don't worry, my dad's a plumber, and pulled the entire (laughs) tap off it and it just like fucking they had to turn off the water to the entire house but fucking that hell. is yeah that is mental that's my halloween story for parties you. back in the day yeah i had to drop that in now because we're probably not going to make it to next halloween very true, this very point, true. So. uh favorite horror film go favorite film. horror film mm, uh the wicker man the wicker man is very special yeah the soundtrack wicker man 2 however it's the worst film ever made and the wicker man remake the 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 wicker tree yeah uh, have you seen it I've not seen it it's made but it's the only oh, wait didn't the director do like it's three directors yeah, yeah but he did like three films and the second one was a wicker man and then the third one he didn't come back for like years and years and years or something and then did it and it was yeah. a fucking travesty it was so cheap it was absolutely diabolical i actually implore people to watch it just to mm. say that they've watched the worst film ever made it's worse than troll 2 or <laughs> any or the or the room because at least they have an endearing quality to them yeah whereas this is just absolutely abysmal they had to green screen in a decrepit christopher lee uh, oh, no. it's one of his last films it's like a deep fake yeah and also he wasn't lord summerall in the credits he was just old man what? <laughs> just like, we didn't do any research. Yeah, we couldn't no be shit. asked to go back. <laughs> I didn't even know who the fuck it was. Like, oh, uh, let's just. Uh, have, it, have we auditioned anyone for the old man role? No, we've no. got this fucking <laughs> geezer outside. But, <laughs> yeah, and then also, of course, Wicker Man 3, aka Midsummer, which you've oh, now seen, which is spectacular, which is, is still my favourite film of the year, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so relieved that it's good. Yeah. Because I wasn't a fan of Hereditary. No, uh, I thought it, I watched it for the second time a couple of months ago, and it was better than I remember it being. Mm. I'm still not. I'm still not bought. I'm not sold by no. it. I don't but, believe it. It had the strap line like "This generation's The Exorcist," which is already going to put everyone's backs up. Yeah, and it's not. No, it's not at all. It's not. It's not really a horror film. It's more of a drama. 
like I, a family drama. I think it is a horror. I, I mean, I mean, it is a horror film. It's the same but... where it's like it's about a relationship that breaks down. Yeah, but that's like the idea, and then they expound upon it. Mm. Whereas Hereditary, I mean, is undeniably a horror film. Mm. Especially, like, I mean, the last half of it just goes bonkers, completely stupid. Do Lally. Wes Craven crap. Yeah. John Carpenter's Vampires. Did he do John Carpenter's Vampires? Was yeah, with um, uh, James Woods. Yeah. And it's also, not that bad, actually. Yeah, and also, uh, oh, fuck. Who else is in it? Ah. <laughs> ah, my fucking head. Who was it? Is it Cheryl Lee? Uh, hey, Siri. <laughs> Who was in John Carpenter's Vampires? Thank you. Uh, Daniel Baldwin, Cheryl Lee. Yes, thank you. Legend. Good old Laura Palmer. Anyway, yeah. should we yeah, should we jump into some news? Yeah. yeah, I'll start. You go, you start. Two, two yeah. bits, yeah. Uh, let's talk about our um, our good friends in Batushka. Let's catch up with them. How oh, they what have they been up to? Yeah, what have Both they, of them. What haven't they been up yeah. to? Um, is that still going? Are there still two of them or is one of them kind of yeah. tapped out? No, there's still two. And they're yeah. still like continuously releasing music okay. under the name Batushka. Yeah. Uh, but the Metal Blade Batushka, which is the fake Batushka, if you want to be purist about it, um, they've actually cancelled all Northern and Australian tour dates until a time, and I quote, uh, the dispute between Durf and um, Chris Hewitt is resolved. Okay, so were they, did they want to cancel or they've been forced into cancelling? They allude to the fact that they have to cancel. Right. Okay. Uh, so basically, uh, they're working on new music, mm. the Metal Blade one. And yeah. I th- I'm, I'm sure, I mean, obviously Durf is as well. And they're still going to do their European leg. Uh, but as has been reported, um, they have What's to wrong with Australia? Is it because it doesn't exist? It's Commonwealth. Yeah. Out. Come on, right? Uh, they're in the Eurovision. Yeah. Uh, they've cancelled uh, all up-and-coming international touring until a time where the dispute between Durf and Chris Yorker resolved. Um, they say that... They claim that it's massive financial and bureaucratic undertakings mm. that are required so to make... international touring at this scale work so basically the Batushka fund is running dry yeah uh coupled with the daily firefighting of Batushka's day-to-day business is that is that deleting people's comments on Facebook yeah (laughs) it has taken its toll and we have reached our limit I mean that is quite a lofty limit already set by them yeah do you know what I mean like there's I don't understand the difference between touring in one country and touring in the other. I'd also like to, I'd like to see the numbers as well in terms of how, can we get these, like how well their record has sold against Durf's record? Well, Durf's record is going to be cheaper. It's going to be cheaper, but units sold, I'd be interested uh, in. I mean, but then again, Batushka, fake Batushka have literally done like, fucking 15 different pressings of the same record like and there are those people who are idiots i have a thing with colored vinyl 
I hate coloured vinyl. Um, like all coloured vinyl? Not all coloured vinyl. I just, you just hate don't like it. splatter, I thought. No, I like I like splatter. I don't like when a a band releases a record with a colour that is in contradiction with the artwork. Mm. Like when you have like a yellow album and they then decide to stick a fucking fluorescent green record in it. Like that really puts me off because that is... didn't do that. We had a couple of um, colours. We don't mention the L word. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, we, um, <coughs> yeah, no, we had... Uh, we, we had a few records that just were not right for the artwork colour and it just seems like really cynical to me personally. If you have like black artwork, just do a black record or yeah. like a clear no, record. It. If you have like... It's because you're thrifty. Yeah, if you have a red coloured like album sleeve, do a red vinyl yeah. and just have that be the only version of the vinyl because then it feels like it... It all connects. Of whereas, course. yeah, totally. that is my personal feeling. But we've gone on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, basically, I think I think what grievances. it is. I think what it is why they had to cancel was because as soon as you try and tour somewhere like Trump's America, you're going to be vetted like prior to entering the country, mm. uh, and that can be for bands very costly if yeah. they don't do it properly so you've got these you got these brares coming over in <laughs> habits <laughs> dressed head to toe uh in orthodox uh attire mm. and they're like skirt raise alarm bells already. they're gonna be like uh purpose for visitation and they'll be yeah. like oh it's seeing friends <laughs> and who are you staying with which, it's for which leisure. monastery are you staying at <laughs> yeah it's just for leisure yeah yeah and the uh the uh the guitar in the yeah. in the case there oh it's not a guitar it's, it's a, a uh <laughs> it's, it's where i keep my frankincense <laughs> <laughs> just swing it around me <laughs> yeah so i think uh that's potentially the reason as to why they thought yeah. long it off um however they did say there is plenty to be positive about okay uh every cloud with regards to the legal situation surrounding Batushka. Mm. <clears throat> However, we expect a lengthy process and despite mediation with Durf and I, mm. which is uh, progress. They're getting the band back together really sure. again. Uh, we are no closer to resolving our differences. Yeah, what? Batushka <laughs> and Batushka. Yeah. Uh, we plan to reconvene and carry on preparing new music. Our European dates will continue on. Naturally, a lot, of, uh, a lot less stressful. Uh, we apologise to our international fans, but we hope you understand. Now, they are playing in London soon, and I would be surprised whether it would sell out. I'd be surprised who'd be going mm. to that one. Um, it, it would almost be like uh, Extinction Rebellion uh, <laughs> out, outside <laughs> of... Uh, Just can't get in or out. Matushka, purist, <laughs> going, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, so that's Matushka. Uh, we're up to date with that. Hit I'm sure we'll come back got. to it at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me. So tell me, Tom, are you a um, Trustkill Records aficionado? You a historian at all? Do you remember any of those bands from that from back in that day? Uh, most Precious Blood. Give me, oh, give me a Fucking, sample. Who else? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Misery Signals? No, are. they were on Ferret, Ferret Music. 
Oh, fuck it. Anyway, uh, Walls of Jericho. Yeah. So the so the drummer, uh, Dustin Schoenhofer, was arrested on the 23rd of October at around 3pm in Oregon with more than 600 pounds of marijuana nice. and nearly 40 pounds of suspected butane honey oil extract in his pickup. Have you ever heard of that? I had to look into this. Like, I'm it? not a big drug kind of guy, but it's basically like a reduction, like a, like a marijuana reduction that is like pure in in like what is it thc is that the component of oh uh i don't know i, I fucking hate weed right okay <laughs> so uh oregon state police stopped uh schoenhofer's chevy pickup on highway 140e for a traffic violation while stopped the trooper obtained probable cause to search the vehicle in which the trooper located 632.5 pounds of marijuana and 36.8 pounds of suspected butane honey oil extract schoenhofer age 41 stated he was going to ohio with the trick uh, with the truck but didn't know the marijuana was in the back of it so Schoenhofer, he didn't know the marijuana was in the back of it. No, he oh, didn't. That, no. that is topical. You need it? to. Like, <laughs> is it like yeah. when you get caught and you're like, I was just holding it for my friend? Yeah. No. Did you say 38 Chinese victims? <laughs> I only thought it was 30. That is some dark fucking yeah. shit, man. That is crazy. Um, so Schoenhofer was uh, lodged at the uh, county jail for exporting marijuana, exporting extract, uh, possession of controlled substance marijuana, and distribution of controlled substance marijuana. Possession of controlled substance extract and dist- and distribution of controlled substance extract. Like, that's a lot of charges. I feel that you could have just had said he had drugs on him. Drugs. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, Schoenhofer... Uh, and Schoen- drugs. Yeah. Schoenhofer is currently being held on uh, 45,000 uh, bail. Uh, and the picture of the... I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the hall of it, but it looks like the fucking crash mats from, like, Gladiators. <laughs> you know, when they're, like, going down on, the, like, the little... Um, what was it? Like, the fucking thing where they have to... Oh, uh, I love that one. Yeah. But it's like ridiculous. And the balls on this guy to have fucking 600 pounds of marijuana. Like, I get clammy hands just from driving around with like expired tax on my car. <laughs> but this is, yeah, this <clears throat> is crazy. I mean, I don't think anyone, does anyone even give a shit about Walls of Jericho anymore? No. And I'm actually, if you think about Trust Kill in general, uh, Poison the Well. Oh, yeah, Poison Well, Trust Kill. Uh, Throwdown. Frodan. I once interviewed, um, so I once interviewed the guitarist from Poison Well, and it was the most difficult interview I've ever done. I almost, on the subject, I also, sorry, on the subject of Breaking Edge, I did go see Lamb of God supported by Frodan. And uh, when they, yeah, at Colchester Art Centre, and when they played their, um, their song Forever, which is their straight edge anthem. I did manage to get the uh, mic shot during the straight fucking edge whilst I was holding a cigarette in my hand. So (laughs) jokes on them fuckers. Yeah. Not you. Definitely not on you. Yeah. Uh, Bleeding through. Bleeding through. I fucking love Bleeding through. I don't like them. I I love Bleeding through. I do not dig it. That whole era, just the 2000s in general, they're having a bit of a comeback. Yeah. Right now. I love Bleeding Through purely for the fact that Brandon Chapati, the uh, vocalist, obviously whenever he can't, he's sitting there, he's he's laying on his bed with his like cradling his chin in his hands, like his legs behind him, like with a little notepad. 
and obviously whenever he can't think of enough syllables to fit a uh, to fit in a line he just drops the words fuck or fucking <laughs> and it's fucking brilliant like we should do a drinking game where we have to drink every time he says some iteration of the word fuck matt i don't want to i don't want to stage an intervention so soon i'm not like i've drinking. hit it hard man like i've got the shakes <laughs> yeah why does everything have to be a drinking yeah, that game like you? yeah we should have a drinking game every time we blink <laughs> uh but it's like Truskill is it's quite an interesting roster like if you think about it because so you've got like bands like bleeding through shy hullard were a part shy of Hullard, it. yeah and then fucking fight star like we're fight star on it yeah you and your obsession with Charlie from Busted. I know, man. Yeah, that whole. <laughs> but he's period. a fucking dreamboat, so it's fine. Yeah, that whole period of post-pop metalcore, I'm just yeah. into it. <laughs> so yeah, so there's so as the uh, Walter Jericho song goes, there's no eyes in fuck you, but there's two eyes in prison, bitch, because that guy's going away for a long time. <laughs> there's only one eye in prison, bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, okay. moving on. Thank moving you on, that. moving on. Let's talk about Thin Lizzy for a bit. Okay. Thin Lizzy and Metallica. A nice thick slice yeah. of Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. <laughs> uh, so Thin, Thin Lizzy's guitarist, Eric Bell, has uh, a bit of a gripe with Metallica, it okay. seems. Uh, bit of a coincidence, considering that his memoir, uh, which is called Remembering, <laughs> the autobiography before, during, and after yeah. Thin Lizzy, which is basically my life, life in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just been released, I think. Uh, so he has been reported recently to be very pissy with Metallica. Okay. So essentially what happened... I mean, who hasn't? Uh, he was invited to play uh, Whiskey in the Jar with Metallica at their Dublin show in July... Uh, I think 1999. Uh, so Bell had played obviously on the original in 1973. So Metallica offered to fly him out uh, on their private jet uh, from the UK to Dublin. So Bell claims after, uh, from this performance that he'd never heard the Metallica cover. He'd never heard what? it. I know. How can Why, you... Wouldn't you be getting like royalty, royalty checks? Yeah. Well, obviously, Bell wasn't. No, <laughs> uh, uh, and he he didn't even know what they looked like. Okay. Uh, uh, but he still agreed to do it. Yeah, fair. Uh, so, Bell says he expected to make two thousand Irish pounds, uh, although there was no agreement on the fee. Gold uh, coins. Yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> uh, so instead. <laughs> He said that Metallica just gave him a load of merch. Yeah. And I could just imagine this really, really sad Eric Bell covered head to toe <laughs> in Metallica He's merch. got the beanie. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the rings. He's got the thong. <laughs> uh, and also that time, 1999, that would have been Garage Inc. Yeah. A period of Metallica, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's yeah. where that cover appeared so on. Their yeah. merch around that period would have sucked yeah. as well. Like, they couldn't get rid of it. So it would have been a toss-up <clears> between <throat> either Thin Lizzy or Discharge coming on to do a uh, yeah. song with them. Uh, so it was about half three in the morning. The transport was all lined up and there was a car to take me home. That's 
uh, Bell's words. Mm. Uh, I was quietly expecting about two grand. Quietly. <laughs> quietly expecting two grand. Uh, which wouldn't have meant a thing to them. Mm. But I got handed over a big ball of Metallica. Lars would say otherwise, but... I get this big ball of Metallica t-shirts, key rings <laughs> and hats. I got paid fuck all, then they all fucked off. Uh, it wasn't until I was sitting in my car on the way home, I realised they didn't even fly him back. I don't even think they flew him back. Uh, that they hadn't paid me. I thought I'd get something in the post, but not a dicky bird. Uh... Later, someone tried to get in touch with Metallica to get me something, but they found it impossible and they gave up. Uh, they are a pack of bastards. <laughs> a shower uh, of cunts. <laughs> I couldn't believe what they did, especially as they are so well off. I should have been paid £2,000, uh, but got fuck all. It's pure ignorance, really. I should have been paid £2,000 at least, but I got fuck all from them. Was this pre or post Napster? This is... Uh, well, it would have been around the time Napster probably existed. It was okay. pre-lawsuit. Right, okay. So he, w- so he wasn't to know then. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're frugal ways. Yeah, Lars gave him a, a painting, one of his, <laughs> one of his originals. You, I, I remember on the first episode of this podcast, you did a uh, Lars Ulrich impression. Do you want to try I that again I just said Metallica. Now, <laughs> uh, what do you want me to say? I don't know, just... I could do the the whole of this podcast as Lars. It would take forever, wouldn't it? Because I'd just be berating you throughout yeah. the entire thing. Do you know what would take even longer if we did a podcast uh, as Gal from? No, it won't. Yeah, just constant silence. And, it's and like, then Hello. Satan. Welcome to Satan's podcast. <laughs> We're here today to talk about Satan <laughs> and interior design. <laughs> It is great though, isn't it? Um, speaking of goal, do we want to get onto our topic? For yes, please. Today, Let's is, talk about it. Which is a bit of a um, strange one. So normally we have like we have quite a focused topic, but now we're kind of going into a few stories throughout the metal sphere. Some horror stories some for different reasons. Up stuff. Yeah. Some gory stuff. So how yeah, do we want to do this? Stuff. Um, I don't. I don't know. Do you want to talk about the feces or do you want to talk about the fascism? <laughs> do you want to talk what about, does each one of those pertain to? Do you want to talk about the rape? Or they, do you um, want to talk about the, uh, the brutal murdering of gay men? You start. You bring me something, because I think that you've brought quite a lot, whereas I've brought two. So I think it's uh, those of us who are metal fans, as we mm. are, and hopefully everyone that listens to this podcast is in some manifestation a metal enthusiast, they would have come into interaction with a number of these characters because they are characters uh, throughout their time on this life, absorbing metal music and researching them. I have uh, to admit doing, doing this, I did feel a bit like a fucking curmudgeon going like, cause I was trying to find some fucked up stories from like most recent years and no one qu- quite does it the way that they used to do it in like the 60s and 70s. Do you think like, I think that this is I think this is the first generation and I can't take I can't take um here's a, credit here's a for this joke cuz it's a Doug Stanhope bit but I think right. that this is going to be like the first generation where we like where the older generation are looking up like looking at us going like 
what the fuck happened to these people? Like, yeah. what, like, what, what, what are they doing? What, yeah, what, where are all the TVs going out the fucking windows and shit? <laughs> okay, here's a question. Here's a question for you. Uh, stage performance. Mm. Uh, let me rephrase this. How important and significant to a mu- to the music or to an artist or to metal in general? How important is the uh, stage performance, the presence, the law, the hubris sometimes around bands and eyes. How important is that to you in terms of your experience? Of going to see a band? With, with the music in general. Because it doesn't have to be stage performance. It could be something to do with the recording. It could be something to do with outside of the creative process in itself. But it's a story that has been reported so I think with I think there's a big because I think with both of us our main interests in terms of guitar based music is probably punk and metal and I think that both have their own like mythos but with metal it's more constructed whereas with um, with punk it's more like it just happened these are just kind of like stories yeah. um like when you hear stories from like getting the van by henry rollins it was just like that's just what happened whereas with metalers they seem to actually kind of build up this like theatrical front and for me it does add a lot and like having i hate to use the term like branding mm. but having having that extra layer of this isn't just a band there's like an idea behind yeah. this band and they kind of almost live that life i think that they are I think that they are the, the individuals who kind of retain their status more than more than anyone. So I think that, yeah, for, for me, it's a big part when you go see a band, and especially a metal band, and there is a bit of a... I can't stand it when people look awkward on mm. stage or almost feel like they're apologetic for being there. Like, if I'm paying my money to go see a band, I want them to kind of almost act slightly, not necessarily rock starish, but at least just put on a performance. <sighs> I mean, a lot of these guys do. Yeah. Have you ever been genuinely disturbed? Whilst watching a band? Yeah. No. I've been afraid a few really intense hardcore shows. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. Like, when I'd be worried for my own well-being. Yeah. With the fists flying around. But nothing to do with, like, a pre preconceived like, so like idea if, of what they're going to do at the so show let's let's take a like a band like mayhem let's just start mate i wasn't going to bring up mayhem because everyone is is so it's so old that story now i think everyone is like tired of hearing about it but like if you went to imagine seeing mayhem uh during dead era mm. uh and he was completely just going in on himself mm. uh like slicing himself to bits i mean even watching <clears throat> the dramatization of it yeah was not a pleasant experience mm, mm. and that is obviously a, a fictionalized version of, of what occurred whilst based in yeah. fact but yeah but that was as distressing like not as distressing but it was to a certain degree so if you saw if you saw a band today mm. a blackmail band or other and they were self-inflicting on stage yeah. would you i don't think i think any sane person would would sort of look around at each other thinking right this is pretty gnarly pretty full-on yeah. yeah 
I don't think yeah. you can back away from that. Because uh, a lot of people like, to, they look like they're embracing it, especially like if you're at the front, they're like, do it more, yeah, deeper, yeah. deeper. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I still think- There's another story that could relate <laughs> to those words. Yeah. So like, for example, uh, Nicholas uh, Kvarforth from Shining. Mm. That guy is the founder of suicidal black metal. Okay. Uh, he has- a collection of scars like from thousands literally thousands of cuts like all over his body uh have you ever seen the interview with him uh that's online where this like quite meek um timid interviewer is talking to him and he sort of interrupts him a lot and he suddenly asks him to like stab him it was like oh, find something sharp i want you to stab me no. And he's like, I don't think... I'm... And then he finds a fork and he's like... <laughs> the only thing. Gives him a fork. Just find like, something. The like, dessert spoon. He says something like, I will show you Satan. And then he suddenly gets like a lighter and he gets the interviewer who is... Li he's laughing awkwardly because he doesn't mm. want to do anything like it. And he's like, burn me. I want you to burn me. I want you to put me in the hospital. Okay. And he suddenly like has this light lighter over him and he's like burning his arm. Uh... So this guy... This doesn't make for a good YouTube video. <laughs> no, no, it's really not. It's really sad. Um, so Kvarfel disappeared in July 2006. And rumour had it that he had committed suicide. Mm. Um, so on August 23rd, 2006, the band posted a statement on their website that they would continue with a new singer named Ghoul, requested by Kvarforth as one of his final wishes. Uh, so... The concert was very violent and sparking controversy in the Swedish media uh, with Kvarforth. So Kvarforth was ghoul, uh, assaulting right. the audience and the guest vocalists, uh, which was Attila and Maniac uh, from Mayhem and uh, Natafrost from uh, Carpathian Forest. Uh, razor blades were handed to members of the audience. <sighs> And one person was kicked in the chest after grabbing Kvarfel's genitals, uh, who was <laughs> in turn exposed to numerous physical assaults uh, by Maniac. Uh, so their shows are sort of accredited for being incredibly dangerous. But Kvarfel has essentially staged his own death right. to come back as Kvarfel, uh, to. So he hasn't gone, he hasn't disappeared anywhere then? No. No, no, no. Right. Okay. Because oh, I so thought he, that this was going to go Richie Edwards, Manic Street Preacher's way. And he was no, just gonna like... no, no. So he he disappeared and everyone assumed he committed suicide mm. only to reappear as Kvarforth under the name Ghoul and just be equally as destructive as ever. And he was like, he, if you see images of Kvarforth in Shiny or Nine, he is not a happy bunny. No, no, he is very, he, he's covered in scars. Like, but he might be into it. Uh, he very much is into, into it, it, I think. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of self infliction, I think Kvarful takes takes the biscuit mm. on this one. Yeah. Uh, I other, can't than, think of, like, other than Dead, yeah. who actually went a little bit further. A bit too far. A bit uh, too far, some yeah, might say. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, but yeah. In terms of self-infliction, I think he definitely takes it. I think the most screwed up character uh, 
within the metal sphere yeah. potentially could go Are we using character shiny? just because yeah. they've gone beyond the point of being people? They're a, they're and, a uh, bit fruity. Like, yeah. Uh, have you heard, ever heard, listened to Silencer? Uh yes so i always i always for some reason mix up silencer with life lover right i don't know why but i don't know for some why reason, yeah that's very strange yeah um so there's a lot of rumors around silencer and i with a lot of this you have to take it with a pinch of salt yeah however it's, it's kind of what we were talking about the law of it all the mythos really does tie into the music and it just makes everything seem way more engaging than potentially what it actually is mm. um so natram from silencer he's the sole member of the blackmail project uh it was a it's obviously fictitious however natram cut his hands off and jesus sewed, christ and sewed pig feet on his wrists um so, wait is this real no it's, it's obviously fake well fuck it. uh but there is a picture online okay and <laughs> I do, I do recommend you have a look at it. We implore that you yeah. search for it. So somehow he cut off his hands, but was still able to sew on pig's feet. So he didn't have an accomplice. With in what? Like, with his teeth. <laughs> with his teeth and his pure will. So the, the picture, he was covered in bandages, absolutely covered in blood uh, with pig's feet instead of hands. Uh, it's pretty harrowing. But then in another tale, and I'm pretty sure this one is true, uh, he attacked a little girl in a park with an axe. Fucking hell. Uh, he drove an axe into her skull, which nearly killed her, so she she, she lived to tell yeah. the tale. Well, to, to some degree, I assume. <laughs> yeah. uh, and when police arrived on the scene, he like went for them with the axe, begging them to kill him right like yeah like the exorcist lick me <laughs> uh but what is more disturbing about this is that the crime was actually not committed by natram but by natram's brother mm. uh who suffered from schizophrenia right yeah okay so that whole so thing, that whole gene pool is pretty fucked yeah to me. It's absolutely <laughs> mental and speaking of schizophrenia uh, before passing it on to you for a little bit. Uh, what a wonderful segue. I want to talk about uh, Stalag. Okay. Uh, so Stalag or Gulag. So Stalag with uh, a GH on the end. Just mm. to really bring it. I'm obviously, Stalag is a uh, famous, <laughs> world-renowned <laughs> concentration camp. Household uh, name. The, the G and the H at the end of Stalag, the band, stands for Global Holocaust. Just to really bring it home, just just in case you weren't like... In case anyone missed it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So let me just top myself up. In an anonymous interview, the collective claimed that the real names and faces of the members involved will never be revealed and they will never perform live. Um, But they do have a bit of a fan base due to the fact that they have mental patients assumedly do vocals on their records. Um, So one particular guest (laughs) vocalist uh, was locked away for brutally stabbing his own mother over 30 times to death at the age of 16. Uh, And one of the musicians was murdered or almost murdered 
by another mental patient who reportedly had uncontrollable homicidal urges during the recording process. Uh, so according to the band, the sounds of the attempted murder were caught on the tape. Fucking hell. Uh, that must be a nightmare to record. Like the amount of like, do you reckon they're drawing in Imagine the crosses producer. with their feces? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Imagine the producer. Like, okay, that was great. Can, great. You, just, can, did you, I just, can you just do it next to the mic next time? And again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the Stalag Collective uh, worked at the uh, mental institution where they acquired, stole uh, okay. the patient's uh, for vocals. Uh, through this connection, they were able to abduct seven patients for the recording of Project Misanthropia, uh, which everyone says is the, the darkest, most horrific mm. record ever conceived. I question the truth of this entirely. Yeah. Have you listened to it? Uh, is I, it available? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you can listen to it on Spotify. Okay. I think. Um, so they said the reasoning for recording the mental patients is because the band really wanted the hatred and painful emotions to be real and truly felt. Also, we wanted to recreate the situation of the stag <laughs> concentration camps in sound. Um, the next recording was the vocal sessions, which took place in the chapel of an old monastery that was no longer in use. The acoustics and atmosphere of that chapel were perfect for recording the howls and screams of the mentally insane. It was very hard to get access to that chapel, but we told the owner that we were doing this as a kind of scream therapy for the mental patients, and finally he gave us permission. So apparently scream therapy works. Mm. And if I anything, think they're just doing a public service. According, I think I read somewhere once that the, uh, the vocalist for this record actually found the procedure quite therapeutic. Mm. However, some of them... Didn't think as much, didn't <laughs> yeah. think the same way, and uh, actually lost their shit mm. entirely. Um, and like I said, with all of these stories, it becomes hearsay, and I think it starts to have a bit of a snowball effect over the years and become Chinese. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a sidestep. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the reliability of any of these stories. But uh, the Stalag one is quite an interesting one because uh, if you listen to the record, you can hear mm. the screams of mental patients. Yeah. So I have a uh, verified story for my first one. So we're going to wind the clock backs to 1969, the end of the swinging 60s, where you could say Chinese whispers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just their age, isn't it? So, I mean, this year we had the uh, moon landing, the Stonewall riots, and of course the uh, Sharon Tate murders. Um, however, probably the most notorious groupie incident happened this year. And I can't... Are you aware of this? You know what I'm going to be covering, but are you aware of this story? Because I asked other people about this, and for some reason I've always known about this, but other people have been like, I've never heard of this before. The Led Zeppelin incident. Uh... Of which there are quite a few, so... So this particular one, which had to do with sea life. No, I don't think I have heard this. No? 
Right. Okay. So uh, in 1969, it took place in July 1969, which would have just been like between uh, Led Zeppelin 1 and Led Zeppelin 2, because they released Led Zeppelin 1, I think, in January, and then Led Zeppelin 2 was follow-up in October. So this was back in the day when bands actually used to work and put fucking records out. I think that Led Zeppelin 3 came out like February of next year, and then 4 Mm. was like shortly after that as well. Um, So while staying at uh, Seattle, uh, Seattle's Edgewater Inn, having just shared uh, the bill uh, with their tour mates Vanilla Fudge at uh, Seattle Pop Festival, um, they took part in what I think is probably the most iconic incident of groupie behaviour. So it's worth pointing out before we go any further that first and foremost, everything that occurred between human animals was consensual. <laughs> So one might say that the individuals, all parties, were bang up for it. And yeah, it wasn't someone exploiting the other person. Human animals, I need to reiterate. (laughs) Um, So so the Edgewater Inn, where both bands were staying, was right on the Elliott Bay, uh, which allowed guests to fish from their hotel windows. Uh, Carmine uh, Apis, uh, drummer of Vanilla Fudge, who it's worth pointing out, so he has quite a uh, extensive account of this incident, and it's uh, and he also doesn't have a history of uh, drug or alcohol. So if any, totally yeah. sane, yeah. So he has the most vivid recollection of this event. Uh, the main perpetrators were said to have been Bonham and uh, Zeppelin's tour manager Richard Cole. Um, when it said they had pleasured a woman with a live shark. A mud shark. So sometimes a mud shark is just a mud shark, but sometimes, if you're brave enough, it could be considered a dildo as well. <laughs> so, as Apis recalls, you you have no recollection of this whatsoever. I don't think I do. No. Right. So as Apis recalls, he, his bandmate uh, Tim Bogart, uh, Robert Plant, and Plant's wife Maureen, were stoned in uh, Jones's room when there was a knock at the door, which turned out to be a girl that Apis had had a series of sexual liaisons the day before. Very high, the girl, in response to something Apis had told her about his bandmates having a movie camera, uh, kept telling the others that she wanted to make a movie with them. Right. So Apis, too too high to deal with her, just couldn't fucking put up with her shit, went next door to hang out with uh, Bonham and his wife uh, and a couple of crew members, several of whom who were fishing out of the window. Uh, and they'd actually built this, like, makeshift mini-aquarium in their bath, which featured, uh, sorry, including a, quote, two-foot-long, dead-eyed, ferocious-looking mud shark. Uh, he told them about the girl and then just, you know, returned back to his room. Once he returned back to his room, again, there was a knock at the door. When they opened it, it was Bonham uh, and two crew members who forced their way into Apis's, uh, uh, who forced their way in with uh, Apis's bandmate Mark Stein holding a Super 8 camera and lights. However, the camera wasn't the only thing they'd brought with them into their room. From here, Apis writes, it's carnage. So Cole and the crew members threw the girl onto the bed with Stein filming. Cole took the shark by the tail and started whipping the girl with it, beating her again and again as she writhed around on the bed. You look disgusted by this. I'm just trying to think. Is I'm not, he holding the the head of the shark? Just the logic of it, isn't it? Yeah. No, by, from, from what I can see, or what, <laughs> what I can read, see? from what I can read, uh, 
each time the I assume it was by the tail because each time the shark made contact, Apis writes its teeth ripped into her skin, with little tiny blood red scars all over her back. Throughout, the girl was bucking and screaming with pleasure, as if in the throes of orgasm. So eventually, this like just escalated way beyond like anything like eventually the whole thing was broken up once the whole hotel management were alerted to the situation and uh finally everyone left in disgust apart from apis who stayed in the room because it was taking place in his room so yeah he didn't have a choice in there <laughs> oh my <laughs> he was god the only one who didn't um so it Following this, the next day, Apis actually bumped into Frank Zappa at the airport. Um, and he shared this story with him, which actually led to Frank Zappa immortalizing the tale in the 1971 song, The Mud Shark, oh, which is where God. that comes from. Right. Um, so uh, that's, uh, I'm still trying to figure out why any of this happened. Like, uh, in the throes of passion, mm. like screaming in the throes of passion, yeah. can also be misinterpreted. Yeah. It could also be the throes of absolute anguish and pain. They're quite similar in a lot of circumstances. Do you need consent from the animal, though? Well, yeah, I don't think... I can that... imagine this mud shark just yeah, like I don't know. Sol- solemnly nodding. Yeah, like, just... Give me All that. right. <laughs> like, I don't know what this offended more. Like, my... Um... My yeah. my pure, pure animal, sexual the animal ways. liberation front. Or I'm my, not happy. Yeah, or my vegan sensibilities. Yeah. I don't know what it offended more. Um, so, yeah. So obviously this was all filmed, um, but it, it's it's worth pointing out that no one should hold their breath in terms of wanting to actually see the footage of this, because uh, Apis confirms that a friend of mine, Randy Pratt, uh, br- uh, bought the film or was told it was the film. And there was nothing there. It was too old and it actually couldn't be developed. And I did actually go looking for it. I yeah. mean, it's a sad fucking night when you're 17 pages deep in Pornhub with uh, the words <laughs> mud shark in the search yeah. in the search bar. Um, but Apis, looking back, points out that you have to understand that those days were so different. It was all peace and love and women, <laughs> women were walking around with no bras and see-through blouses. That feels like a big leap between like <laughs> just that to, to, to mud shark dildos. Yeah, yeah. Um, to consent. Yeah, it was a really crazy time. Birth control pills were just coming out and <laughs> politically and socially everything was so different. And they were. I mean, you wouldn't get away with it now, what with, you know, Me Too and so on. I mean, you wouldn't do it just for the halibut. Well, <laughs> fucking hell, man. That's awful. Um, Come on, that was good. I don't think you could have got away with it at the time. Not, not no. I mean, excluding the, the mud shark, yeah. what he's saying, it sounds very much like he's defending his actions or the actions I mean, he, of the yeah. time. Like, he wasn't that. He wasn't part. Hey, what of do the, you expect? Um, Women are walking around with their bras yeah. off. Like, obviously, you're going to be fucking it. It is worth. <laughs> I may. I sense. may not have put enough detail into this as to the fact that it was half and half. It wasn't. It wasn't just a bunch of dudes who wanted to. Yeah. Like uh, this lady was full on, all about it. One might say. <laughs> um. Ask her now. And, ask her kids now. Well, you say that. Um. 
However, a very many years later, Appis adds the silver lining to this rather particular tale, stating, I started doing these weekly radio shows in the States a few years ago. One time we were talking about Fairbanks, Alaska, and this person called up claiming to be the woman. She actually spoke to my friend, the DJ on the morning show. Let's face it, you've got to either be the woman or out of your mind to make that claim. But she said that she's moved to, Ama- <laughs> she's moved to Alaska raised a family, and lived happily ever after. And uh, Appis wrote in his book, I wish her well. Believe it or not, she was a nice girl. <laughs> so, But then, you uh, you know, in uh, a lot of the like watchdog shows, you get uh, anonymous victims that have to be uh, in dark light so that they can't reveal their uh, identity. And with I can just imagine, voice, I like, can imagine, imagine this silhouette of a mud shark just being like, it was horrible. You wouldn't believe what they did to me. <laughs> like that poor woman. I've never forgave myself. But Shortly yeah, so, after it says like mud shark committed suicide. Yeah. So I feel like I, I feel like I haven't lived my life enough. I feel like there's so many um, unexplored horizons. I so. feel like going back to the topic slightly, uh, After that missionary position with the lights off, no talking is just boy. not going to cut yeah. it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm already getting a boner thinking about goldfish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> going back to the topic slightly, I think, let's call it uh, heavy metal. Mm. Yeah, so uh, the antics of uh, the heavy metal founders, they're more destructive than they are uh let's call it gruesome or horrific would you agree like they're more yeah. they're more about uh hedonism than they are about like projecting some hate mm. onto their audience so like you've got guys like uh what's his name uh ace uh fraley from kiss uh who like completely chugged down a whole bottle of perfume. Why? Because he was wasted. Yeah. Uh, so you've run out of mixers. He was already completely, <laughs> completely hammered during a limo ride and purposefully drank an entire bottle of perfume after learning that it contained alcohol. Okay. Like that's. That I mean, there's that's some logic, up, but yeah. it's it's not like, and that's destructive, mm. self-destructive. But then, like, coupled with bands like swans yeah in their early days they used to fucking like turn off all the lights lock the doors turn the music up as loud as they could so it was actually pretty unbearable so that people literally couldn't escape that's from from the venue yeah that is i mean i've seen swans and luckily that didn't happen i've seen swans a few times but i've seen them like from the sea era mm. onwards so i didn't i never we would have been too young yeah anyway. uh not gonna give it away but <laughs> we would have been too young so i mean you've got bands from 60s 70s even the 80s that mm. like project some form of destruction which could be seen as i mean satanic panic kind of thing like yeah as scary to a certain extent, but nothing, I, it, my opinion, comes close to like bands like Dissection, which yeah. is like, uh, I think John, uh, I think it's Not Veet from Dissection. I'm really butchering that. It's all right. He was a 
satanic priest. Mm. Uh, he murdered this Algerian guy. When you say satanic priest, do you mean Levian Satanism I, or so satanic worship? Isn't, isn't uh, the guitarist from uh, Gorgoroth, he's like, he claims to be like Satan's priest on earth or something yeah. like that. Uh, which Because there is Levain. a clear distinction between yeah. Satan worshipping and Levian Satanism. I think, uh, well, I think it is Levian. Uh, but uh, yeah, so John from Dissection, he killed this Algerian guy, obviously served time because mm. of it, uh, did a reunion tour, then committed suicide. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he uh, he started a religious gang called the Misanthropic Luciferian Order. Mm. So, and then uh, post that, shot himself inside a circle of, black lit uh, lit black candles uh inside of his home with a uh, satanic uh grimoire in front of him so i mean he had a lot of issues let's put it that way yes. uh and i think he was he definitely lived by the law of satanism and then mm. complete and just gave himself up to satan I'm wondering whether it would be Levian Satanism, because I know that one of the main tenets of Satanism is not to cause harm to other individuals. Yeah, have you seen that documentary yet? Hail Satan. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Is it good? Yeah, it's very good. It paints um, him in a good good light, right? Yeah, well, there's a difference. So it's worth pointing out that there's a difference between Satan worshippers who actually believe in a theistic Yes, there's theistic Satanism. There's Church of Satan... And then there's the Satanic Temple, which is where that came from. And I am a uh, card-carrying member of the yeah. Satanic Temple. Um, so the so Church of Satanism is different to Satanic Temple. Satanic Te Temple was born out of the Church of, uh, Church of Satan. Um, but the Church of Satan is kind of slightly myopic in terms of their um, beliefs of, like, the individual. Like, they, a lot of their philosophy is based around, like, objectiv uh, objectivism. Um, kind of like an Ayn Rand kind of philosophy, whereas uh, Church of Satan is more, sorry, uh, Satanic Temple is more a, kind of like an activist group. It's, um, yeah, they're very, very left-leaning. Mm. But I would worth, I would I would recommend checking that documentary out if you yeah, have a Yeah, I definitely need to check it out. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether I should, I, I'm going to start talking about them now because I think it's, it would be, uh, wrong of me not to address them i didn't think i'd want to talk about them but the more you research into messed up shit <laughs> you're always drawn back to slipknot okay yeah yeah i is don't even know where to start huh is this the crows there's so much there is so much yeah with them like i mean they're a bit vanilla now but oh yeah entirely like if you look back at their very early like if you look back at their inception they were the most grotesque band i can't mirror them with any other band mm. in terms of just how fucked up some of the stuff that they did was lay it on me <laughs> well uh speaking of crows clown kept a dead crow in a jar uh which he was allowing to ferment okay yeah, uh, and before each show, he took a like huge kimchi. Yeah, exactly. He took a big whiff of the scent 
and passed it around to the bandmates. Uh, and because of that, what uh, DJ Sid Wilson said, disposable DJ Sid Wilson uh, said, we had a dead bird in a jar. Clown kept it in there for a long time. We bring it out on stage and take a big deep breath out of it and see what death smelt like. Uh, have that inside you, gets you in that dark place. It would make you throw up immediately, vomit in your mask. He had it in there for so long it started getting this gelatinous liquid in the jar as it decayed. And they basically it's, just went on stage. Started they just fucking spewing. huffed it like a gassy rag. Yeah. And the recording of I, um, Iowa is, again, Iowa. Pretty, Iowa <laughs> is pretty harrowing. Okay. Um, they hated each other at that point, yeah. didn't they? Like they... Which I would argue, would you argue that it's better than their self-titled? It's crazy that when that record came out, it got to number one on the um, UK album charts. I know. And the first first drum beat on it is a blast beat. Like, that's crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. Uh, Different time. Mm. Completely different time. (laughs) Uh, So, Corey Taylor was probably in the worst place of his life Mm. uh, during the uh, recording of Iowa. Um, he was self-harming during vocal takes. Okay. He said, I was cutting myself while recording songs in the studio. I was bleeding everywhere. I just wanted something. I didn't care what it was. Uh, so the intro to, uh, the album, uh, consisted of, uh, layered, uh, screams mm. and white noise. Uh, the screams were taken from recordings of, uh, Sid Wilson having an emotional breakdown in the vocal booth because his grandfather had just died. Fucking hell. Uh, and apparently the producer was pushing them to the l- beyond them. Who limits. was the producer? Uh, I think, it, I, I know their manager was uh, Steve Richards, uh, and he was creating a lot of tension mm. uh, between the band members. I'm not sure who the uh, producer was for that. Ross uh, Robinson. Right. What's, what else is on his... Uh, at the drive-in, glass jaw, machine head, the cure, Sepultura, corn, blood brothers. Um, I'm just wondering whether I can see anything about Slipknot. Anyway, he's not no. here to defend himself. What no, a dickhead! Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and on top of that, coupled with their stage performances in general, where they used to like very Dillinger Escape Plan esque shit themselves. Mm. smear their feces on the backs of other band members and they'd usually end up throwing up. Uh, Clown nearly killed himself on stage accidentally. Um, So he went head first into this barrel uh, at Ozfest and he didn't realise it was half full of water. Fucking hell. So he got... Snapped his neck, wouldn't he? He got stuck for about 35 seconds or so. And he remember thinking, oh, this is it. I'm fucking dumb. Like, because yeah. he couldn't get out. And he said, uh, "Then I, I think he then got like pushed over. He came out and he was like spitting out water. And he just thought that was going to be the end of it. It was just going to dive headfirst into one of his barrels. Mm. I mean, it probably, I mean, it'd be a pretty gnarly way to go. Yeah, I was first. At Ozfest, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck the barrel in water. Like, Ozfest, man, how fucking low. Uh, 
he said, from that day on, I realized that if I was going to go into that zone, I had to at least pick my battles. <laughs> so, so not one of your, uh, not one of your barrels. At first, though, I didn't care about the harm I was doing myself. In fact, personal harm was invited. It felt good. It was like bloodletting. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I think Sid Wilson completely jacked I mean, in his uh, shins, both of his shins as well, doing his stunt on yeah. stage, and he had to spend the rest of the tour. Probably like in a wheelchair. In a chair. Yeah. It's like, um, did you see uh, Barney Greenway from Napalm Death? Oh yeah, he's, he's been having to perform like on, on stage, a, on a chair. and he's such a like he he is like the the uncle, like the metal uncle that I want. Yeah. Like he's so adorable when he does his little skanking on stage. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't got a neck either. No. Uh, well, I mean, if Dave Grohl can do it. <laughs> Who can't? Yeah. So my um, so we're going to move into uh something I got, but something a bit more contemporary for my next story, which is let's do it. Which is Gull, who we've already touched on on this episode. So Gull, real name, uh, Christian Espadel. This this one was really difficult to research, purely for the fact that I I only thought that this was his one instant of like assault but it looks like he's done it a few times. And I was trying to figure out what, like, what, what, he, what his sentence was for each of these uh, cases of assault and how much he had to pay in compensation. And it got really, really complicated. So Gull, whose real name is uh, Christian Espadel, then singer of Norwegian black metal band Golgoroth, uh, became involved in a confrontation with a man who arrived at his house in 2000. Uh, Gull was accused of severely beating the man collecting his blood in a cup and then threatening to make him drink it. So Gull, appearing in court wearing a black Gorgoroth t-shirt. <laughs> Might as well. Self-promotion. Like, yeah. Why not? Why not? It's being uh, filmed. Yeah. Uh, a leather jacket and an upside down cross necklace said, I was the one who was attacked, but I think I punished him. Uh, but they think I punished him too hard. As I always say, when people cross my line, I let them know where the line is uh, many steps before they cross it. Yeah. <laughs> and still they choose to cross it. And then I will be the one to decide what their punishment will be. So to be fair... What he's a, a fair, vigilante. Yeah, he's a fair kind of guy, is our Christian. You know, one verbal and two written warnings. Yeah. So uh, Three the, strikes and you're out. <laughs> so the victim, a uh, 41-year-old man, explained that he went um, to an after-hours party uh, in, uh, in February uh, at the invitation of Gull's brother uh, and then ended up in a uh, verbal disagreement with Gull. However, he denied he physically attacked Gull, as has been claimed. Um, he said, I wanted to leave, he said in court. Uh, what I did was uh, react verbally to a situation which I perceived as threatening. Uh, when the victim tried to leave the party, Gull allegedly blocked the exit by standing in the doorway. Uh, this was followed shortly by a, a blow being struck across the back of the man's head. Uh, he said, from the moment I got hit, he, uh, I thought to myself... This is it. This is the end. Uh, it was as if I could view the whole situation from the outside. Now I'm dying. Uh, the man told the court of the increasing use of violence throughout the night. So, you know, Gull eased him in. He didn't just go straight yeah, up yeah. straight up with it. Uh, so whilst the man can give no definitive time of how long the situation lasted, he said, it seemed to last for a very long time. He also described the situation, uh, the situation which he was given the cup and he was supposed to bleed into it, which Gull claims... You know, he wouldn't make, uh, he wouldn't want him to make such a mess 
in the house with all his blood. So, you know, Gulp puts a lot of effort into his interior design, doesn't he? And he'll be fucking damned if he gets it on the chaise lounge or the, yeah. the Egyptian rug. Yeah, or the B-Day. Yeah. Um, if anything, uh, aim for the B-Day. Yeah. <laughs> However, others believe that uh, Gull had different intentions with the uh, with the blood. It's claimed to have been said that he uh, as saying, I'm going to sacrifice you, I'm going to drink your blood. Of course, no due pro- process would be complete without old Mother Dearest jumping into Gull's defence. So um, old Mama Espidel testified in the court um, and she said that she she thought that the accusations against her son are not to be believed. Because <laughs> Gull's mother told, uh, told the court, quote, my son is a vegetarian and very fussy <laughs> about food. He eats absolutely no innards. That's why I believe this all to be untrue. Oh... So, you know, if you... Cheers. Thanks, Mum. Yeah, cheers, Mum. So the court believed that the victims uh, claimed that Gull's threatening to drink his blood... uh, Sorry, the court believed that victims claimed that Gull threatened to drink his blood but didn't believe that he would actually do it. Uh, Quote, the court believes that the accused said that he would drink the blood of the victim. The court wrote into the... uh, Sorry, fuck's sake. Uh, The court believes that the accused said that he would drink the blood of the... I'm just going to skip this. I can't be asked. (laughs) (sighs) I've written this really badly. So hungover. Yeah. I'm so hungover. I've actually realised whilst doing this. I've been getting the sweats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So taking the stand as his own defence, Gull explained that he had very little recollection of the evening. He said, if anything, I would just be... uh, I would just be uh, pure speculation on my part. I don't know what happened. The court wrote that Gull's use of violence was extremely raw and brutal, adding that there was no clear motivation... uh, Clear no... Clear... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck's sake. So the court wrote that Gull's use of violence was extremely raw and uh, brutal. Beautiful. (sighs) Brutal. Fuck me. Adding that there was no clear motive for the assault. He was sentenced to 14 months in prison in order to pay the victim 190,000 Norwegian krone, which is around about 30 uh, 30 grand worth of dollars. Right. Okay. In compensation. So he didn't get away with it. Like, but I mean, Gaal is... So he didn't serve any time? He did 14 months. Right. I know that they, in the same year that he was sentenced, they actually were in in the midst of recording an album and they had to wait like two years in order to get him in the studio yeah. to finish it off. But L- Lazy. Yeah, but it's a shame because... Gu- Gucci Man wrote a fucking record was with <laughs> But it's a shame because uh, because we were... Before this podcast, in fact, I think that we were trying to set it up to be the first episode of this podcast. We were going to go to a wine tasting evening with Gal. I'm kind of oh, glad yeah. that we didn't yeah. because I don't know what was going to be in that Merlot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever watched the uh, live performance that uh, Gorgoroth did in 2004, where they they broke all kinds of This was the Polish one, wasn't it? The Black Mass. Yeah, where they had like nude models up on the uh, crosses with like bags over their heads. And And they violated so many of Poland's anti-blasphemy laws. However, all charges were dropped. I can't believe this. (laughs) All charges were dropped because they didn't know they existed. The band didn't know that that they were breaking the law. How many... How many people would be walking around scot-free? I know. Like, 
Oh, sorry, I didn't realise that like, that you know, was a law. You know, banged up abroad. Yeah. Yeah, surely everyone would have just been like, you know, you go to Thailand and you, like, insult the royal family and that, like, brings a death sentence. I don't know. Yeah, if I'd have known it, also, I'm just culturally ignorant. They had gallons and gallons of sheep's blood mm. at that show, yeah. which also offended so many animal rights laws. Yeah. But because they were unaware of it, they got away with it. That's fine. What the fuck? <laughs> what, how does that work? That's fine. That's why I'm going to use mine. Like next time I get pulled into court, I'm just going to plead ignorance. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like Varg. Yeah. Oh, nearly went a whole episode <laughs> yeah. without bringing him up. Uh, We've nearly gone a whole episode without mentioning Man of War as well. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. I think on that. No, we should uh, we should tie it up there. Yeah. And next time, we will be we have a um, we'll be doing this uh, podcast. It's a, not just going to be the ramblings of two broken, hungover men. men. Yeah, we're going to have something special for you. Someone so, very special. special. Yeah. Very special to us. Yeah. We'll be having a third co-host mm. that we will uh, sporadically be kicking out to <laughs> have people that is more interesting on this show than us. Because uh, yeah. we we've we've essentially got a third mic now. Yeah, so, so we can have guests on. We can have guests on finally, and I we will be far more prepared, potentially not less necessarily hungover. more productive. <laughs> yeah, because I must admit this show has been the bane of my life, and I uh, and we've been an omni shambles throughout the whole of it because I have been progressively hungover <laughs> like ag- aggressive if anything hungover. you're not even hungover now you're just still drunk yeah, like, I think so, you're yeah. just scared that the cumulative hangover is literally gonna kill you i cannot believe the diatribe that's come out of my mouth throughout the whole of this show like <laughs> i've said things that shouldn't even be <laughs> existing in my head we're gonna get kicked off itunes for this episode i, I said iowa yeah no, wait. Iowa. Iowa. What? What is wrong with me? It's fine. I'm not taking it out. Neither am I taking out my uh, my ability to not read off my fucking I think Microsoft should. Word. I really think you should. <sighs> um, okay. So, finally, let's just, uh, if anyone gives a flying shit. Yeah. Uh, so, where can I find us? You do this. I can't yeah. be asked. I can't so, do this anymore. Anyway. Uh, you can find us uh, Instagram, which is X Inferius Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us Facebook, which is X Inferius Podcast. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, please do. Uh, we would love to receive complaints. Yeah. And, f- and field them as we so wish. It's my day job, so. Yeah. Uh, where else can they find it? You can find us on a number of podcast platforms, including uh, the iTunes app, uh, the podcast app, and uh, SoundCloud. If you type in X and Ferris Heavy Metal Podcast, you can certainly find us there. Uh, we are on Twitter, uh, X and Ferris Podcast. Uh, we do occasionally utilize that and. Most likely by the new year, we will have a refueled charge towards this uh, mm. podcast that only ever happens once a year, which is January the 1st. Where yeah. Everyone has some epileptic fit over their lives and suddenly everything changes overnight and you become a very proactive, productive human being. Everything you've ever wanted uh, is in front of you, ready for you to take on 
with open arms. But we don't have that right now. No. All I want to do is <laughs> on go that home. optimistic and, note. All I want to do right now is go home and whimper. Yeah. In the fetal position. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go be sick. <laughs>